Comedian Pete Corrielli is coming to Kemba Live December 8th, AXS.com for tickets. Or maybe go to his website. Maybe he makes more money if you go directly to his website. Pete, what's up, man? Hello, Pete. Hey, Torg, Elliot, how you guys doing, We're, man? And uh, I don't make any more money if you go to my website either way. We're just uh, just trying to get some, some warm bodies in there, or, Let's do it. Or we could send them your way to for merch. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. But I seriously, I appreciate you guys being involved and helping me get some, some tickets sold and getting some people to come out. I, I really appreciate it. I, gotta, I go way back with Columbus, and I was thinking about what I wanted to tell you guys. And I had to tell you a quick story. Okay. Uh, my daughter's 10 years old, but after she was born, this is going back nine years ago, uh, you know, I was plugging away, playing the clubs when I could, and I was going to play the Columbus Funny Bone, and I got a vasectomy. And when I was getting the vasectomy, the doctor goes, I'll never forget it, man. It was Thursday morning, and he goes, now, listen, you want to really lay low all weekend, ice on and off, ice on and off from the area down there, and don't do anything physical until at least two weeks. And I'm nodding like, okay. And meanwhile, I'm not even kidding you, my wife was out in the parking lot in our 2009 Subaru Outback, already with the engine running, with a little makeshift bed for me in the back, because she was driving me to Columbus Funny Bone. <laughs> the sect of me in the morning, headlining Thursday night, all weekend at the Columbus Funny Bone. <laughs> <laughs> How did it work out for you? The sect of me, I'm up there doing bits. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Did you have a nice pa- a pack of peas in your pants or anything? No, oh, God, I put a Heineken between my balls in between shows. <laughs> How did it work for you? Because I've talked to guys where they've had pain and they've had to go back to the doctor. That's why I won't get it. I had it. No, not only did I not feel pain, this is going to sound crazy, and any doctor would say that's not even possible. I think I I'm, I'm I have more pleasure at the end of uh, making love than beforehand. I don't know what's going on with that. And I don't know it's what risk free, Pete. I don't yeah. know what drug they give you, but I was so worried that the nurses. I went in for my vasectomy, and they were listeners of the show, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh gosh, now I gotta drop trow, and I always exaggerate so much on the air. They're right. gonna, they're gonna giggle. Words they're gonna talk gonna, about your penis. Words gonna get out. Yeah. They're gonna, you know, whatever. And I was very uh, cognizant of that. And I don't know what drug they give you before they put that drip on me for the cut. And I sat back and I I opened my. I was like, I was all into it. I could have cared less. It was a wonderful high. Well, yeah. Well, now you're talking about the beauty of anesthesia, which is a whole different game. I mean, I've had anesthesia twice, and I, I literally said to my wife, if our daughter wasn't already born, I would have named her anesthesia. That's yeah. unbelievable. That drug is. Yeah, it really so, is. So, Pete, when you got ready, did you, like, trim the area and make sure it was presentable? Uh, um, I didn't really – I don't think I had to do that much because it was underneath, you know what I mean? So, uh I don't really remember them saying to do much grooming, but I remember thinking, like, geez, who would waste a whole weekend icing their balls? I did the whole shows all weekend, and it was no problem at all. So, you know, I guess everybody reacts differently. But you do what you got to do is the point of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got a steam fitter who's got to go, you know, weld iron, and you're telling them, you want to take two weeks off? Yeah, you're going to tell me to tell the union I need two weeks off because I got a vasectomy? 
get out of here. Yeah, and you might not have to groom it, but you do got to kick a leg up and clean it pretty well. <laughs> oh, well, right. Yeah. I like to think we clean it pretty well anyway. I mean, what are we, yeah. animals? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, like get the grill brush, you know, that brush you use on your grill, and really get after it. <laughs> Pete Coriali's coming to town December 8th, AXS.com, Kemba Live. And if you haven't seen Pete, he's got stand-up shows oh, on YouTube. Great. You can see them all over the place. So you're doing this theater tour. Do you have people? With you, do you have like a guy who does stuff for you? No, no, no. I, I, I am completely solo to the point where I talk to my manager and I'm like, "Listen, we got to figure something out." I mean, I'm doing these theaters, I'm selling some, summing them out, and I'm walking through the front door with the audience. You know, <laughs> I, I don't even take the time to figure out what door I should be coming in, and I also don't. I, I usually use a comic uh, from wherever I'm playing. I like to use somebody local because I, I remember what it was like when I was playing in New York City and like this yeah. one club, yeah, one club Caroline's particular that you know you know they would have a guy come once a week to headline and you know you like you'd get excited because maybe I'll get to work with this so and so famous guy, but then that guy would bring his own comic to open so no one would get a chance to. So that always bothered me. So, Did Caroline's uh, reopen? Did they open up another location? Or are they done? No, they're done. Yeah, uh, COVID. Yeah, I think they, uh, yeah, I forget what they do there. I think they throw axes down there now, one of the bars where you can throw axes. Right. Oh, because the rumor was is that they were going to try to find another location. Oh, well, you know what it is? The comedy cellar, you can't compete with the comedy cellar. I mean, when I first started playing the comedy cellar in the village, it was the one club, and when I first started playing there, they would have the the wait staff sit in the crowd because there'd be no crowd. So if somebody walked in, they wanted that person to think there was a show. So, like, you would literally perform for the wait staff. Now, they, 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 there's a deli across the street from the comedy cellar. They're like, yeah, let's buy that and make it a club. Like, the whole block is this comedy cellar club. It's unbelievable. They wow. got it on lockdown. They just got, like, five or six rooms all around. So, <laughs> Well, I played uh, Caroline's back in the day there, Pete, and uh, they threw an axe at me while I was up there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it, right? Hey, let me ask you, the podcast with your buddy uh, Sebastian, we're big Maniscalco fans as well. How do you choose topics, or do you guys just riff and improvise? Oh, we just riff and improvise. I mean, we will, like, each have, like, a bit of a list. Like, um, yeah, just to give you an just example. That, yeah. Yeah, like, we're casting in a couple of days, and I was talking to my wife on the couch the other day about a, a, a person we know uh, who's got big, a woman who's got big feet, but she's not particularly tall. So I, I just, like, into my phone, and I'm like, to Sebastian, I'm like, what's your take on, uh, could, you, could you be with a woman with bigger feet than you? <laughs> what's your take on that? And, like, <laughs> And then he'll have a bunch of, we'll just ride. We go, it's like surfing, man. We go with it. We have the same sense of humor to a certain extent. And uh, we just really have a lot of laughs with it. So, but yeah, so you may, you bring in a nugget and that's it. And sometimes the nugget dies on the vine. So you move on to the next thing. Sure, yeah. sure. Hey, are you, yeah, that's uh, kind of what we do. You got specials yeah. out are with this tour. Cause you're doing Friday, Saturdays, different cities across the country. Are you uh, setting this up for a special, to film a special? Because I love going to a show knowing that this material might be on Netflix, on YouTube, whatever it is. Yeah, well, you know, I have an hour for that. I definitely, it's ready to roll. 
it's just a matter of, uh, and it's really, you know, gosh, it's like every time I turn around, somebody's got, I got a new special. I got a new special. Yeah. So it almost seems like it's overkill. I mean, of course, I've never tried to. Oh, one second. My thumb belongs to I never tried to get it on Netflix because uh, there was a time period where I was told that I'm not diverse enough, so don't even bother trying. Um, or And I wasn't famous enough. But now, you know, that seems to maybe have shifted. I don't know. I never even really tried to give it to them. Then there's the thought of YouTube. But, you know, I'll be honest. This is what I'm thinking now. Uh, I played a place recently where they had filmed me, and I really liked the way it came out. And I'm just thinking about, like, my guys put together a bunch of clips of my latest stuff. And, I'm, and they're like, put these clips out. That's how the world watches it now. And I'm like, but I don't even, this has never been seen on a special. And they're like, nobody can't. Right. They're going to see this. They're going to love it. Then you think you can make a special out of this and they're going to go, wait a second. I saw that clip. This is like great fun stuff. So we live in a time now where like literally, you know, people just want to watch for like, Clips. They want to watch clips, and they want them quick. They want them short, you know? So. Oh, you're, no, I was going to ask you about that because you're spot on, and that's how some comedians, because it's kind of like getting catfished on a dating site. You see a girl, and then you see her in person, and it's not, eh. but, like, comedy can be like that where I've seen guys, and you're not, this isn't, you're great, but I've seen guys do clips, and I'll look at 60, 60 seconds, oh, that dude's hilarious, and then I'll see him in a club, and he's like a social media comic. Yeah, well, that's the and there's a big difference. Though. That's a big difference I, I too. With, I've worked around a lot of these guys too. That's the beauty of, you know, I, I've, my success has come later in life. I have three hours specials, so now as the crowds get bigger or the stakes get higher, I don't get nervous. I know I got this. I got this. This is what I do, baby. I've been doing this for years. These young guys and gals, they hit with a with a clip, and that's just a new way to do it. Like, I, I mean, there's really no sense in these young people going out and plugging away, uh, emceeing uh, outside of Nashville uh, on a Wednesday. There's just no need for that. Stay in your basement, make that clip, and when that clip hits, you go out and you, and you talk on stage for an hour. But here's the key, guys. The crowd doesn't even care that they stink. They don't even care. It's, it's, it's almost like they don't even know what good comedy is anymore. Anyway. Right. I agree with yeah, you Yeah, they don't have the chops. They can't back it up. They got four minutes. They're famous, and all of a sudden they're trying to headline the funny bone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that. Hey, do you have a social media person? I've, I forgot which comedian we had on recently where he said he has a team of people that he has to pay them monthly because – wasn't it Mark Norman, Jerry, that yeah, told us? Yeah, Mark was, Norman. Yeah. Mark Norman's great. Uh, but Mark said, I've gotten to a point where I do skits and I have, like, college kids. Do you have people doing your social media? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, not my not my communicating with the fans, uh, the audience. I mean, I do that myself. But they, they take, like I, like I said, I played this place recently where they had sent me, they filmed me, and I liked the way it came out. So I sent it to my social media guy. And they chopped and it up. Just cut them up, man. And, yeah. and they, believe it or not, sometimes they cut them up. Uh, stand up bit, and I'm like, oh, you left out the Baba Bob part, and and they go to me. I mean, this kid's like 25 years old. He goes, bro, nobody cares about the Baba Bob part. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pete, would Instagram be the best place to find those? Uh, yes, they're on Instagram, but Facebook. Listen, I got a good team. They're putting them out everywhere. Yeah, on, uh, Twitter and everything. But yeah, Instagram and um. 
you know, the thing I'm most proud of is the freaking podcast. We have such a blast, and we've been having guests lately, and it's been more and more fun. So uh, the Pete and Sebastian show. Um, you guys have been doing it for years yourselves, man. And I'm glad, I'm so glad when I see these radio shows still kicking it, even with all these podcasts floating around trying to get in the way. And we're inappropriate, too, which is amazing because the next group of guys doing morning radio are probably going to be afraid to say anything. Well, and even the podcast, if you recall in the beginning with the podcast, that was what you did outside of terrestrial radio because you could say whatever you want. But now it's become so mainstream, you still got to be careful in your podcast because now every podcast successful one has sponsors as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and the worst part about it is, you know, even when you guys mentioned Mark Norman, I almost had a little funny clip about him. Funny guy, but, you know, it's in my eyes, now that I'm older, it's like I can't believe anyone laughed at me when I was 30. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe a grown man laughed at me when I was 30. Like, what problems do you have, guy? You know? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so true. By the time we reach an age uh, as a comedian where we know about life and we really know how to do this art, sometimes you're seen as like beyond your prime when the reality is you're just hitting your prime, you know? And I'm not trying to right. you know, old son geriatric guy, you know, ain't that, you know, I'm early 50s. But my point is, um, you know, if I had said something about Mark, and I, Mark's a great guy and a funny comic, but if it was a podcast, the problem is, like, if I said on radio, they go, oh, yeah, you said something and uh, on talking Elliot. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, Wednesday. But with a podcast, they, they send the clip, the time code. Uh, like, you know, they go, oh, yeah, it was episode 15, starting at 5712, when Pete said I went to the deli. Right after that, he ripped on so-and-so. So it's, like, so uh, documented forever on a podcast, which I hate. Yeah, hey, how do you maneuver, and Pete Corrales with us, December 8th, Kemba Live, AXS.com. How do you maneuver in a day? Because we just saw this story, a local guy, Matt Reif, local guy, and yeah. he's trying to get, he, I saw his stand-up special, he just the told ne- a the joke. Netflix, yeah, yeah. The Netflix, yeah. and he's telling a joke how rough Baltimore is, and told a joke yeah. about like a hostess with a black eye, and you shouldn't be putting her in the front of the house, right? It was meaningless. And now they're yeah. they're getting on him. How do you maneuver as a com- comedian in a sensitive world? Because the last thing you want, hey, I'm just doing my job, I'm funny, but the last thing you want is to be trending and people calling you a douchebag, you know? Yeah, I know, but I, I saw a little of that at the beginning because I heard of him, so I turned it on just to see it. And, uh, you know, a beautiful man, a beautiful. He's man. very handsome. <laughs> but listen, you know, it's like sometimes you like if he was overweight and like bald, nobody would care. So it's yeah, like, it's also a perception thing. But really, though, at the end of the day, like who cares? Like they already forgot about him. Like. I mean, one of my dear friends is Jim Brewer. I remember he went on Tucker Carlson. Everyone's like, oh, say goodbye to Jim Brewer's career. A half hour late, he's selling out all over again. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Two seconds, so so who cares, you know? Yeah, maybe I it's mean, swinging the other way. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's just sometimes when guys get real famous, though, um, it becomes a little bit more of a delicate thing, you know, like, geez, you know, Sebastian never says anything, but I try to be respectful 
of him the same way like a Kevin Hart. These guys are like brands. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. They say the wrong thing and like, you know, 50 people are out of work. I, I say the wrong thing and, you know, it's just my problem. <laughs> yeah, your wife's yelling at you. And then you get yeah, to exactly. even one more level where that you're so big, Chappelle, Burr, Rogan, where you cannot be canceled. Uh, yeah, right. You know, like you're, you're, I guess so. You're like supposed to be doing that stuff. You're I'd like, like to so get there. Yeah, I, I'd like yeah, to get there. Well, yeah. Pete, we appreciate it, man. And it's, I love it. December 8th, weekend night, Kemba Live. Get your tickets now. Pete, thanks so much, man. Thank you, Peter. Right. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good one. You too.